Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Welcome back. It's been a while. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Today, we have a fun one for you because I'm going to tell a personal story, but the main topic of the day, five keys to fat loss that you may not have thought of. And the original title for this episode was the stretch mark cream that has everything and nothing to do with fat loss. And we all know I can rant forever. So I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet to the point. But a few days ago, I was telling Sam about this stretch mark cream that reminds me of our fat loss clients. As you know, fat loss requires consistency. Would you agree, Sam? Probably the number one thing, consistency leads to fat loss. Absolutely, the number one thing. So as many of you know, I had a baby four and a half months ago and my mother-in-law, when I was in my third trimester, gave me large amounts of this stretch mark and scar cream because my belly was getting real big. And after I had the baby, I was like, oh, I have stretch marks now under my belly button. I should probably start using this stretch mark cream. And it's a two-step regimen. It's an oil that you're supposed to put on the stretch marks twice a day and then the cream three times a day. Even though I was on maternity leave, sort of, we all know I was still working, I was thinking to myself, ain't nobody got time for this. Like, I can't be putting oil on my stomach all day. And then it's all oily. And then you're wearing clothes. And then the cream, like, I don't know, especially with a newborn. I feel like you're just in this fight or flight mode. The last thing I was thinking of is I should put oil on my stretch marks. Also, I didn't care at that point. Like the last thing I cared about two weeks postpartum, even two months was the fact that I had stretch marks also because it's midwinter and it's not like my belly is out there for the world to see. But the reason I wanted to bring this up and the reason this was going to be the title of this episode was because obviously stretch mark cream has nothing to do with fat loss. Do we agree, Sam? Stretch mark cream does not equal fat loss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Despite what you might hear in some like social media, there is no cream that's going to get you to that result. So that's why this episode was going to be, you know, entitled the stretch mark cream that has nothing to do with fat loss, right? Because no cream is going to result in fat loss directly. Um, But the reason this stretch mark cream has everything to do with fat loss is because this cream has a 98% or 92, 92% saw an improvement in the appearance of stretch marks. And over 98% of women saw improved skin elasticity, texture, and tone. That's pretty darn good. 92 and 98% success rate. You don't see that in many, in many situations. And I'm laughing to myself because I used this oil and cream so inconsistently. The most consistent I probably was, was using it three days in a row. And Mm -hmm. Of course, on the third day, as I'm putting it on, this is probably back in November, a month postpartum, I'm like, 
this cream doesn't work. Right. And I'm laughing to myself. Like I'm like almost crying right now because obviously it's not going to work after three days. Right. Oh, I'm like crying right now because it's so funny. And obviously I'm not saying this cream sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but that was my first thought three days in because I was like, okay, I need to start using this. I do have stretch marks. So on day three, I'm just like, man, it's already been three days and it looks the same. And (laughs) this is where this has everything to do with fat loss, right? How many people start a diet or they decide I'm going to exercise and eat healthier. They start eating salads and more veggies and chicken breast, and they cut out alcohol for three days or often they start Monday, they do it for a week. And then guess what? The scale has not moved or maybe it even goes up and they're like, so pissed, right? Like what the heck I've been doing the things And nothing's happening, which is where I was at with this darn cream. I'm like, what the heck, cream? I've been putting you on my belly for three days and nothing's happening. But also, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this has everything to do with, like, my job and my clients. Because people expect results in three days, seven days, 30 days. And if you read the fine print on this cream, it says you have to use the oil twice daily and the cream three times a day for eight weeks in order to see results. You guys, I did this for three days and I was like, nope, I'm over it. This is not worth it. But had I actually been consistent for eight weeks, which is not going to happen, by the way, like I just don't care that much. Um, It's a lot of work to put this cream on and the oil's gross. It just gets on your clothes. But Sam, let's just talk about how this has everything to do with fat loss because, oh, This is like the best story ever. (laughs) I think it's such a good example. I use a similar example with my skincare and I hired an esthetician. So essentially I hired my own coach in an area of, of like a place that I don't feel confident in slash I was not showing up consistently. So yeah, my skin's not going to get better if I'm not consistent with the protocol. Um, So I use the same type of thing. Like maybe nutrition comes a little easier for us because this is our, our passion and our career. But there's other places in our life that we can totally relate to being frustrated with the results not coming as fast as we want when we're not doing the things we need to do to get there. Yeah. So if you're listening and you've been doing the things, all the healthier things to see results, and maybe you're seven days in, three weeks in, even six weeks in, right? Results take time and they take relentless consistency. The key word is is consistency, but also relentless and not in a crazy way. But oftentimes people are in a calorie deficit to achieve fat loss, but they're not in a consistent calorie deficit. It's not enough to be in a calorie deficit Monday through Thursday. That's, you're not gonna get anywhere. And if you are, it's gonna take twice as long, maybe longer, if you're just gonna blow it all on the weekends. So the key to my stretch mark cream is that it's all about consistency and one should not expect results after three days of doing the things. 
Absolutely. I totally agree. I love how you brought in even six weeks, you know, you might feel frustrated after three. And if you give up after three, you're probably three weeks shy of feeling that momentum of getting going and actually starting to see those results, but you're not giving yourself long enough. You're not creating enough consistency to get to that place that you start feeling the momentum from the results that you're experiencing. Right. And what we focus on with our clients is more fat loss versus weight loss, which is episode two of this podcast. You'd have to go all the way back, but just a friendly reminder that fat loss takes way longer than weight loss because we're trying to maintain muscle mass Um, and weight loss is just like losing the pounds. We want our clients increasing their muscle to fat ratio. We want more fat loss. We don't want to lose muscle mass. That's going to lead to more problems, which we're not going to get into because I want to get to point number two of our five keys to fat loss that you may not have thought of. One is our relentless consistency. Think of the cream. Think about how I'm not using it. I probably won't. Sorry to my mother-in-law. Appreciate the free samples but just not going to put cream on five times a day on my stretch marks. I think I'm just going to, you know, go out there in the summer in my bikini and be like, you know what? I gave birth. I'm a mom. This is the situation. And I don't care. It's all good. So number two, discipline. Discipline and how discipline is different than restriction and willpower. I'll start with the willpower and I'm going to have you jump in to talk about um, the restriction and discipline situation. So a lot of people, would you agree, Sam, a lot of people before they start working with us or when they reach out to us, you and I are on discovery calls with these prospective clients, people that are like, hey, I need help. And when we ask them, what do you think you need to be successful? They often say, oh, if only I had more willpower. I would achieve my goals or I have no willpower or self-control when it comes to food or I just need more willpower to lose weight. Do you feel like you hear that a lot? Oh, yes, most certainly. And that is maybe the narrative that you're fed, but we want to really reframe that and, and show you why that's not your actual underlying issue here. Yeah, willpower by definition, is the ability to control one's actions, emotions, or urges. You don't have a lack of willpower for wanting to eat a certain food. Wanting ice cream is not a lack of willpower. That's human nature. And when we restrict food, your body will compensate because it's human nature to want what we can't have both for children and adults. Humans are humans and humans want what they can't have. So if you have a restrictive or diet mindset, I can't have ice cream, you're gonna want ice cream more. So it's not a lack of willpower. This is a relationship with food mindset problem. Um, And also we tend to stop ignoring our hunger fullness cues, which is really, really important. Like if you're hungry physically, you should eat something. I feel like sometimes my clients text me at 8 p.m. They're like, I'm still hungry. What should I do? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, have a snack. Like, if you're physically hungry, I don't want you to starve or go to bed hungry. Um, But let's not go down that rabbit hole. How is willpower different than discipline and restriction? And why is discipline one of the five keys to fat loss? 
Yeah. So discipline, you know, by nature is more making conscious decisions about what food to eat, when you're going to eat it and how much you're going to eat of it. So in that definition of, of itself, there's no, you can't eat this, not that you can't eat at this time. It's you making the disciplined decision to eat at that time or eat that certain food. So I'm going to give you my example. I am currently in a fat loss phase um, and I am choosing to not drink alcohol during my fat loss phase. That is me having discipline in that area because I'm choosing that. I'm making the conscious decision to not drink alcohol. So when I'm faced with a situation where alcohol might be involved, I am showing discipline, whereas restriction would come more in a place of like, I shouldn't eat that food. I can't have this. I have to cut out carbs. I can never have a sweet if I'm trying to lose fat. That is more of me really setting food rules. And uh, so I think the biggest difference there is like, how is your mindset even going into it? And are you are you experiencing a, I'm doing this because this decision aligns with my goals or am I doing this from a standpoint of, I feel like this is what I should be doing because maybe it's what I've heard in the past or I've cut carbs in the past and that's worked for me. So I think that biggest, the biggest difference there between discipline and restriction. Yeah. I feel like food language is a huge component of this because restriction is more I can't do this or I can't have this versus discipline is all foods fit, but I'm choosing to do this because it supports my health related goals. And that's what we try to instill in our clients is this all foods fit mindset and approach. But at the same time, it's not a free for all. So all foods fit, but we can't have all the foods that we love and want all the time. Yes, you can have ice cream, but having a pint of Ben and Jerry's every day is not really going to support your goal. So there needs to be some form of discipline where you're making a choice to stay in line with your goals. So that's the difference between discipline and restriction and willpower. So our number two key to fat loss is discipline, which is not the same as restriction. So all foods fit, but there also needs to be some discipline to stay in line with your goals. I think number three point, I think a good point to that is like, if you're in a fat loss phase, maybe setting some boundaries for what discipline looks like for you. So maybe that boundary is I'm only going to eat out one time per week, or I'm going to make sure that I exercise three times per week, right? Set boundaries for yourself that you stay disciplined to. So it's not a, oh, I can never eat out. Oh my gosh, I have to work out all the time. You're setting these specific goals that are aligned with your outcome, but you need some discipline to achieve those. Right. And I think the alcohol example is a great one because oftentimes 
when my clients are in a fat loss phase and they're not giving up alcohol, which is totally fine, we typically have a one and done rule, I guess, but it's more of a discipline where all foods fit. You can have alcohol in a fat loss phase, but one drink is going to be more supportive of your fat loss efforts versus five. So discipline is having one drink, not three or four or five. Now, mental satisfaction is number three. And this is a topic that you've been chatting about a lot with your clients lately posting on your social media. So I'm going to let you take a stab at it first. And then I'm going to chime in because I have the perfect example of my fat loss phase pre-Mexico wedding um, that I'll talk about in a sec. Yeah, this might be one of my favorites to talk about because I do have a disordered eating past. And so it is so important for me to go into a fat loss phase with a good headspace. I can, you know, if I had some of those thoughts lingering, I wouldn't be successful because my food rules and my bad relationship with with food would have gotten in the way. So feeling mentally satisfied with food in a fat loss phase is, I think, one of the most important things because you are able to then have this experience with food that you get to still feel enjoyment and fulfillment with, where as you typically hear diets, it's cutting out all your favorite foods, cutting out dessert, cutting out carbs. So you can have this reframed mindset of like, if I can create mental satisfaction with food, which literally just means, yes, maybe I'm physically full or satisfied with food, but am I mentally like, was that food flavorful? Did I enjoy the textures? Did I, you know, look forward to that meal? If you're just eating that bro diet of chicken, rice, and broccoli, and you're not looking forward to that, guess what? You're going to give up way sooner. Whereas if you take time to find recipes that sound good to you, modify them in ways that align with your goals, maybe you have something little that you put in your meal plan every single day that you look forward to so that you're always having something that you're like, ah, you know what? I have those two dove chocolates later for for after dinner. I cannot wait to enjoy those. So that's where my head is at. And I am doing this, right? This is, again, I'm in a fat loss phase right now. I am preaching this and also taking action on it and showing my clients that it's possible to not feel miserable in a fat loss phase. Yeah. Your food has been looking solid in this fat loss phase. You had some Indian food, like Mm -hmm. rice and butter chicken. And most people would be like, I can't have that during a fat loss phase. Like I can't have rice or I can't have butter. (laughs) When I was in mine pre-Mexico, I did a little cut. And the one thing that I was not willing to cut out, as you know, my favorite, the perfect bar, (laughs) right? It's 340 calories for this peanut butter protein bar, which is pretty high for a bar, but it is so satisfying. I look forward to it every day. And so for me, It was a non-negotiable during my fat loss phase. How am I going to make this work? Yes, I could have four chewy Quaker bars for the same amount of calories, but I wouldn't enjoy them and I wouldn't be mentally satisfied. So 
it's important, like you said, to include foods that you enjoy. That's mental satisfaction. And the example that I give my clients is pretend that we all go out for pizza. There's a group of us and you're in a fat loss phase and you order a garden salad with grilled chicken. You might be physically full because you had this huge garden salad with lots of veggies, six ounces of grilled chicken. So you're getting like 42 grams of protein. So you are physically full, but because you wanted pizza and everyone else had pizza, you are not mentally satisfied. So what's probably going to happen, you're going to leave the restaurant, you're going to go home and you're going to start snacking to try to fill that void, to try to check that mental satisfaction box. And you're going to end up eating more calories than if you would have just had two slices of pizza. Yep, absolutely. That is something that I feel like I drive home a lot is if you're really looking for something, especially in a fat loss phase, make it work, make it happen because otherwise you're going to find other things to try to fill the void and you're going to end up overeating or eating more than you would have originally. So I had recently an example with a client who was really craving cereal and I was like, okay, so what's the holdup? And she's like, well, I don't know if I should. Can I make that work? I said, absolutely. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to pick out whatever cereal you want. You're going to measure it out. And then you're going to add a protein shake as your milk. Because not only are you going to get the craving for cereal, but you're also going to be not spiking your blood sugar and you're going to enjoy it just as much. So we found a good compromise where she could really enjoy the things she was looking forward forward to. And then she was also able to meet her protein goal while using that as a snack where she typically would have a snack that's higher protein. It's definitely important to honor your cravings and honor your hunger. It's just going to come down to appropriate portions, right? right? Like you said, with the cereal, measure it out. So yes, in a fat loss phase, we want you to enjoy your foods, but we also probably don't want to have five bowls of this cereal and always pair with the protein. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to number four, patience. <laughs> Full, five keys to fat loss that you may not have thought of patience. Oh my goodness. It is the easiest thing to say and the hardest thing to do because we live in a world of instant gratification and there are a lot of diets that promise and provide fast results. Like keto, for example, you're eating a standard American diet and you cut out all carbs, boom, 10 pounds comes off probably in the first seven days. And you're like, yes, 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 but no, because long-term, that rate is going to decrease. You're going to want carbs. And then how are you going to get out of it, which is our next point, which I won't spoil, but let's talk about the patient situation real fast. Thoughts? I've been reframing this a little for clients because it is probably the hardest thing to master. And so just like anything else, it's a skill that you have to practice. It it doesn't come overnight. Like Danny said, we live in a world of instant gratification. If you want something, you can order it immediately. If you need a recipe, find it on Google. Everything is at the tips of your finger 
fingers. So like you can always have that ability to get what you want right now. And fat loss doesn't provide that. Fat loss is quite the opposite. So it feels so frustrating to go through a process that you can't have that instant gratification. So I remind my clients when they're feeling frustrated that this is a skill just like anything else. It's not going to happen overnight, but the more you practice it, the more you stay consistent, the easier that skill is going to come over time. So I have a, you know, a couple clients that are like six months in, well, they're seeing results but they're also so much more patient. They're recognizing, oh, I I understand the trend now. I understand how my body works. I understand how the scale fluctuates. I understand what I need to do to get there. Whereas in month two, they weren't feeling the same way. They were feeling like, what, this is not happening fast enough. Where are the results? So if you just stick with it, then you will understand like that patience will come as a kind of a sidebar and you'll become more resilient to it. Definitely. So many things to say here. One health has no finish line Mm -hmm. and we want to, and this is why we help our clients create lifestyle habits. It's called lifestyle habits for a reason. The key word is life. These habits are not temporary And what has been helpful for my clients is to erase your deadline. Many Mm -hmm. people have a deadline or this expiry date to whatever program they're doing. For example, maybe in January, people are like, I'm going to do keto until the wedding that I'm attending this summer or that I'm in. But we need to get rid of these deadlines and these expiry dates because health has no finish line. And once you achieve your goal, guess what? It's still not the finish line because in order to maintain your results, you have to keep doing the things that got you there in the first place. So it's never ending. And if you're not willing to accept that, it's not gonna go well because you gotta keep doing the things consistently to look and feel your best. Totally, yeah. Like using meal prep as an example, you know, you can't just meal prep for the duration of your fat loss phase. That is a habit that is going to stick with you for you to maintain those results. Of course, meal prep looks different for everyone. We're not going to get into that, but just using that as a, a solid example, if you are only in it for the 12 weeks or 16 weeks or six months, then you you're already setting yourself up for bouncing back to where you had been previously. Yeah. And something I've said to some of my clients, some prospective clients, I said, this program doesn't work if you're not willing to implement lifestyle changes and continue afterwards. Like there's no magical program that you just do the things for three or six months and then you can stop doing them and accept, accept, um, expect to have results forever. It's it's an ongoing thing. And it's really a breath of fresh air when people finally understand that. And they're like, it's not the end for me. Like they know that once they achieve their goals and they've told us, one of your clients told me this when she was sharing all her wins, she goes, I'm excited to keep going after I graduate from the program 
because that's exactly the point. We got to keep going, which leads perfectly into our final key in five keys to fat loss that you may not have thought of. And this is definitely one that most people don't think about. This is the secret. We're giving you the secrets right now. And this is having an exit strategy. Mm. Yes. You start and then I'll chime in because I'm too excited. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I have the perfect example. I have a client who's kind of getting close to her graduation date with our uh, one-on-one coaching. And she was like, she's in her fat loss phase right now. And I said, okay, we're getting close. We need to start talking about bringing your calories back up to maintenance so you can sustain this. And she was like, oh no, I feel good here. Like I'm not, I'm not too hungry. Like I, I'm just going to stay here. And I was like, oh no, you're not girl. No, you're not. <laughs> um, so she was, you know, and we had talked about this before, but I really talked her through it and the importance of not staying in a calorie deficit forever, not getting comfortable there, the importance of her metabolism at maintenance. And she was like, nobody's ever really talked about what comes after the fat loss phase. And she was like, I think that is what differentiates you guys from all of the other things or programs that I've seen. And I'm like, yes, because we don't want you to come back. That is not our goal. It does not good, look good for us as dietitians if you keep coming back. So um, just from that standpoint, we want you to be successful way beyond our program. Exactly. And most commercial diet programs they want return customers they want you to continue buying their products forever we want you to invest in your health goals with us one time Mm -hmm. let's do it right let's do it once and i want to run into my clients at sam's club three years down the road five years down the road and they are still doing the things the same things that help them get there and like you said most programs don't have an exit strategy They just have a strategy to help Susan lose 30 pounds. Well, what happens when Susan loses 30 pounds? Susan can't keep eating 1,200 or 1,500 calories forever. And the thing with weight loss or fat loss that people don't realize is that if Susan loses 50 pounds, her maintenance calories are likely lower because she lost 50 pounds of mass. So maybe before Susan's maintenance calories to maintain, let's say she started at 200 pounds, maybe her maintenance calories were 2,200, but Susan weighs 150 now. She lost 50 pounds. So her maintenance calories might now be 1,900 because she lost 50 pounds and people don't realize that. So they lose the weight and then they slowly, gradually go back to eating the same amount as before, which is why it's so hard to maintain weight loss because there's no exit strategy. So the key point here is you got to have a a game plan for once you, once you achieve your goals, once you get to what you think is the finish line, I just threw my pen because I'm too excited about this. You got to have game plan for after because there truly is no finish line, unfortunately. That kind of sounds depressing to say that there is no finish line, but there really is no finish line. You gotta keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, back to a lifestyle. This is life that you're talking about. So yes, does it get easier over time? You know, it's not gonna be hard like it was the first 
three, six months of trying it. Because again, it's new. It's a new skill. It's something that you're not familiar with. It gets easier over time, but that doesn't mean you can't keep, you like, you have to keep showing up um, for life. And that's why there's no like finish line per se. Um, So yes, that exit strategy I think is so important and where most people are lacking. I, I always say, you know, although fat loss is really hard, I find the the three to six months after fat loss might be even harder for people because they don't know what to do next. They don't know how to go from fat loss to maintenance to understanding how to just balance meals and eat eat nourished meals that make them feel good and listen to their hunger and fullness cues. Like that is something we teach at the last, you know, these the tail end of um, our program to make sure that you can achieve that. Yeah, maintenance is definitely much more difficult than fat loss. And I think most people can agree because most people have dieted. Most people that have dieted have done it multiple multiple times for years and years. And they might have lost the same 20 pounds five or seven times in the past few years. But they Mm -hmm. cannot maintain that weight loss because they don't have an exit strategy or maybe they don't have actual healthy habits because the habits are what's going to help you maintain also having the skills and the knowledge, you know, like managing emotional eating, things like that. But yeah, having an exit strategy is probably the number one thing that people don't think about when it comes to fat loss. So in summary, the five keys to fat loss that you may not have thought of that we went over today One, relentless consistency, which has everything and nothing to do with my stretch mark cream. Two is discipline, which is not the same as having willpower. Mental satisfaction. You should enjoy the foods you eat, which you can still do even if you're eating less calories. Having patience. Fat loss takes probably three times longer than you think it's going to take. So if you have in your head, oh, this is going to take 90 days, triple that. Or don't even set a deadline is the best thing that you can do. And last, have an exit strategy for your fat loss phase. Sam, anything you want to add? Final takeaways? I think you nailed it. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.